Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to Sofa Cinema Club. I'm Corson Smith and as always I'm joined by Jack P. Shepherd, Ben Hudson. Wow. Good name. Did my homework. The Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together and educate each other on films. Now it's all about the films we should have seen, but we haven't. Each week we set a film for the other to watch and then we come into the studio and we talk about what we loved, hated and rated. Now the beauty of our film club is that anyone can join in. All you have to do is watch along with the film at home and then join us every Thursday to find out what we thought. This week's film has been chosen by Jack and Ben for me and all you guys at home to watch. And it is the classic. The classic. The classic. Whatever happened to Baby Jane. But before we get in to talking all things about the film, as always, what have you been up to this week? So you've got something big happen for you, Colson. Should we kick off with that? Because we're back in balls and grass, aren't we? This is the cup. So you you won the league, didn't you? So last week you joined me when we'd we'd won the league. And last week I was saying that we were going into the Premier League semi-final. So in effect, the Champions League, yeah? <laughs> We've stretched that. In effect, the World Cup. <laughs> we won, didn't we? You won the double. Well, no, no, we won the semi-final. Oh, God, so next week, are we are we back for more cricket chat? <laughs> if we're back, the season just goes on and on and on. It's either going to be a great ep next week, it's going to be fucking terrible. <laughs> You're going to be grumpy as fuck for a week. Saturday, Jack, is, is the big day, so big it's end. Castleford yeah. versus Woodlands at Headingley. Yes, you've made it. Big, it's a big... This is a big deal, That's by the big. way. It's it's a, big. It's a big do. Massive. Also, I'll, I'll briefly talk you through Saturday's game, shall I? Because I, I know you're all dying, dying to know yeah, the yeah, ins yeah. and outs. So, Saturday morning, me and David Wainwright, who um, we like run the first team together, I get a message from him in the morning, don't I, saying, I'm not feeling well. And I was like, what sort of not well? And he was like, Covid symptoms not well. Mm. He was like, "I've got a fever, I've got a cough." So I'm like, "Oh no!" So that's it. He can't play. He's got to go and get a PCR test. So that's like the captain gone on the morning of the game. So obviously he goes off to get a PCR test. I'm running around like a headless chicken. The twelfth man obviously is in a mood because he's a twelfth man. He's not been picked. Yeah. So he's gone on a big night out in anger. So I've got to go and find him and wake him up. Now he's not at his house. So I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to his best mate. I'm speaking to his best mate's sister to try and work out where where these people are. Going from door to door, knocking on doors, trying to wake cricket players up. Can't find them anywhere. We're starting half an hour. I've only got 10 players. Where was he? He, he came round. He eventually answered the phone and was very <laughs> hungover. He was that hungover that we actually decided, you're not going to play somebody else's. Oh, okay. Um, so that that was like drama number one, and then anyway, the actual game of cricket, um, we won on the last ball, Jack. Really? I've seen the video, Jack. I've seen the good ball. Yeah, we won on the last ball. Final ball. The lad steps up absolutely plumb into his stumps. Batsman obviously takes a hike, 
dead you know his his eyes are down or whatever the rest of Coulson's team go fucking mad on the pitch <laughs> yes 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 so no it was very good it was a very happy day I was very I was tired it was um very long strenuous emotional day yes all the emotions are running and Saturday's gonna be Saturday's gonna be all over again are they good then this team they are good. We've already played them once this year, Jack. We played them in another cup, in a quarter-final of another cup, and they did beat us. Ooh, um, got some previous. We had two players missing. I'm not making Ooh. excuses. I'm not making excuses. Ooh, you are. Um, but it's a, it's a very different game. We're going into it confident, and um, I've, I've got faith. We, You know, whatever happens now... No, don't give me that bollocks. No, I'm not, I'm not, give, I'm not, give, I'm not, not giving you that bollocks. bollocks. I'm not whatever happens it. now, as long as we win, it's Of great. course. Like, if we I'm, lose, it's shit. No, I'm I'm fucking desperate to win, and if we don't win, <laughs> Ben will know. For the week, I'll I'll be in tears. I won't sleep there. I'll sleep yeah. somewhere else. You'll just <laughs> take it out on me. Le- they don't understand your cricket team. Don't understand. I have to live it as well. <laughs> it's the stress we go through, and my parents will be exactly the same. If if we don't win Saturday night, they're not going to want me coming home on Saturday night. They're gonna we we're going to want him somewhere else. Put him in a hotel, let him calm down. Oh, well, best of luck. Best of yeah. luck. So, I'm sure that all of Sofa Cinema Club will be cheering Casford on. You might get a packed out crowd. Well, yeah, we, we're playing it. I don't know how many does Headingley seat, like 20,000? Come down, watch. Half a million. <laughs> <laughs> a stadium of half a million. Half a, how many did you have? Half a million people. It was Nebworth. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, what have you been up to? Um, not a lot. I was thinking this before um, we started the podcast, really. So I had all the night shoots, didn't I, last week? They've finished, thank God. They've done. You had a bit of them as well, didn't you, Ben? I did. I quite enjoyed it, to be fair. You popped in at the end. I popped in at the end. I had quite a laugh. I like staying up. I got a bit wet. I had a bit of free pizza. And I toddled home. Colson was getting up. Oh, we missed out yeah. in what you've done. No, we'd not missed out. You, I, I was. Well, no, keep going because Colson got up early. That was the other thing. Colson went and climbed three mountains. Oh, you did the three peaks, didn't you? Yeah, Friday I did the three peaks, which actually was really good. Was it hard? No. Like it's a, it's a, it's a challenge. I think I enjoy. I like walking. So you walk the three peaks. I did, yeah. Um, I did it with my friend who listens to this podcast, um, Jermaine Beckford. Jack knows him. Yeah, Leeds United legend. But one thing about Jermaine, which I'm sure he won't mind me saying, is had a few operations on the old knees. Mm. So going up, going up three mountains is hard work. But um, no, we had, we had a great time. Um, obviously, it, it is a challenge, and it was kind of all in partnership with um, the Leeds United Foundation. So there was a cause behind it. There was quite a few people that. Had, were doing it all to raise money and we kind of went to support people and have a chat with people as we go and yeah it was really enjoyable all you need is 10 episodes of Sofa Cinema Club get them lined up and go and walk up three mountains well Jack will be on that because he walks now do you reckon you could do that Jack 10 hours no definitely no no I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't do um, two hours <laughs> <laughs> and the worst thing was everyone's there with like massive backpacks full of all of the kit that you need and I'm literally in my shorts and my t-shirt with a bottle of water and someone was like have you brought any lunch and I was like no and they were like do you know it takes 10 hours and I was like <laughs> no <laughs> oh god so what were you doing just starving were you eating off the land then well Jermaine is vegan yeah so he had plenty of vegan sweets that kind of kept me going good on him yeah I'd have struggled if not yeah he was my co-partner in orienteering. So no, that, 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 was, um, that was kind of my Friday adventure, I guess. Jack, I interrupted you after... No, you... We, I mean, we didn't really do anything. We went out for food uh, on a date, me and Annie at the weekend. That was not... I fancied steak. I'd not had it for ages. You know, like proper fillet steak. Hawksmoor? Hawksmoor. Best steak in Manchester. Is it better than Fazenda's? Because we've had a good day in Fazenda's before, the three of us, haven't we? The token, keep it on green, keep it on green. We've never, ever covered this. So, throw back a few years, Ben's leaving meal. I've gone, right, Jack, I'll, I'll saw it, I'll be in charge. We won't tell Ben we're doing anything. 
Loads of people there. Loads and loads. Just us three. <laughs> and obviously, Ben's not a massive meat eater, but I am. Because I was in charge of organising the party, I've, I've booked for Zenders for the three of us. And it was quite the experience, wasn't it? You had... You loved it. I think you've got to explain what Fazenders is, because I think unless you've been, you think it's a normal gig, but it's not, is it? No. It's a Argentinian meat restaurant, but the idea behind it is you have a card. You have a green card and a red card, and if your card's on red, nobody comes to the table. If your card is on green, they all rush to the table with 18 different cuts of meat, no, they don't, do they? This is where I started to realise... You got tactical. You tactical. You really fucking know how to play the game. Because you started off, you, we went up to the salad bar. And I'm like, well, I'm going to fucking pile out here. You were like, no, 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 don't want a bit of salad. It's a long do, this. Take it easy. Shepard doesn't eat hardly anything anyway. No. So Shepard's got his disc. You've got a disc. I've got a disc. I flick it onto green. You go, no, no, sausages. You don't want sausages. Go, wait, wait, wait. Back onto red. Chicken hearts. We don't want that. What were we waiting for? What was it we were waiting for? It was Philip? Was it Philip Mignon? Philip Mignon. <laughs> That's what we wanted. Philip Mignon. And as soon as they came out the kitchen with it, you went now green. Now go green. Go, go green. green. Go green. Sometimes they came over and they just tried to offload like beef skirts. Yeah. You'd be like, fuck <laughs> off. We want the Mignon. And it, it's that bit of when 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 you say no to like ten meats in a row, they're like, oh. Is there anything you're waiting for in particular? And I remember Jack going, the Philip Mignon, and they were like, yeah, not a chance. <laughs> like, it comes out like once an hour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, so, Hawksmoor, Jack, I've never been. Oh, it's great. Just steak, obviously. Just steak restaurant. No, no, no. No, no, God, no. They do everything else. But for me, their steaks are really, really good. So we went there, we did that, and that was like on Friday night. And then like Sunday night, we went to some friends and we had like a meal there. So yeah, it was it was just that, just just a chilled. We didn't go anywhere, we didn't do anything, no activity or anything. But that was nice. And also, because I've been ta- not ta- yeah, tired really with the night shoots, it was nice just to sort of like do nothing. So I'm a bit of a party pooper that I've not got anything to bring to the table of fun and exciting that I've... Just cut, Henry will just cut this bit up. Yeah, just, just go. Bit, just uh, I just went... I went to a steak restaurant. Hey! Quick cut. But it's been what I wanted to do, in a way. So, yeah. Ben, have you been up to anything exciting? Well, we had... Uh, keeping on the theme, I was thinking about this. Ben's Animal Encounters. <gasps> I've just remembered something. Do you not remember when I said to you, next time we do the podcast, remind me about Ben's Animal Encounters? You've had one. No, I haven't had one. I had a fucking dream, didn't I? I've had I've had to write the dream in my notes page. Oh my god, is it dirty? <laughs> I've had an animal encounter. <laughs> yeah, I found it. I found my notes. Okay, go great. So I think what it is is you know a bit like Jack's week this week of when you haven't really got much to say what you've done and you know you've got to sound relatively exciting. I think obviously I was having one of those weeks. Like I just talk, talk about cricket and everyone's like fucking Ellie's boring. So, and someone had said to me that I'm the least funniest on the podcast. (laughs) How right they were. Who the fuck said that, your mum and dad? (laughs) I think going to bed on this night, it was really (laughs) playing on my mind. (laughs) Love the podcast, you're the least funny. (laughs) So, in in my head, I've, I've dreamt a story to tell on the podcast. And it took me until like... 10 minutes after waking up to remember that that was a dream and it's not a gen because as I woke up I was like oh, I must remember to tell that on the podcast and then I was like fuck that never it happened. didn't happen <laughs> oh, fuck, so what is it so this is my dream I've walked downstairs weirdly in my parents house not in the flat I had the dream in the flat but I'm in my parents house I've walked downstairs my dad is in the kitchen my mum's in the garden and my mum goes stay away whatever you do don't come in the kitchen stay away and I'm like, oh, okay, what's happened? And there's loads of buckets in the kitchen, yeah? The pond, which we no longer have, we've got rid of the pond, there's an issue with the pond. And I'm like, oh, okay, so there's loads of fish in buckets. Next thing, Dad comes into the kitchen with a fucking shark in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> and this shark's been in the pond. So Dad's there putting this shark in a bucket. And I'm like, oh, fucking hell, what's going on? Then my mum comes with another shark. Dad's like, 
there's been two sharks in the pond. We've had we've had to get them out. There's people coming now, and I remember saying, "I'm going to have to tell Ben for it's an animal I'll never encounter." Believe it. There's sharks in my parents' pond. <laughs> so that that was my dream. I love that. You're not the you've, least funny anymore. Look at you've that. Had, you've had to go and imagine a story to yeah. bring to the table. That would be a hell of an animal encounter. That would How be. was your week? Dad wrestled a shark. Brilliant. Anyway, Ben, from one dream animal encounter to a real... They're all real. But then I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if I'm bringing animal encounters to myself now because of the podcast, attracting them. So Star, she's got... She's, we've had a bit of a lie-in. And she's got up and gone out. And what she does is, she wakes up, waggy tail. I go on the sofa, kiss, kiss face, and she leans on me. It's the only time she'll be stroked, really. The rest of the day, she's like, no, I'm doing dog things. You can fuck off now. You can be food. So she lies on me, and we have a little chat, kiss, kiss. Are you okay? How was your sleep? All that. She doesn't reply much. (laughs) Then you, you feed her, and then she goes out for her business, whatever she wants to do. She has a little tour, tour of the grounds, Checks out what the fuck's gone on, right? So anyway, feed her, she fucks off. And then my son's in there, and he's, it's breakfast. And I said, have you seen Star? He went, no. I said, it's been a while, isn't it? I wonder if she's jumped off and gone into the woods. He went, oh, no, 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 she's in the garden. Stand up, have a look, into the garden. Oh, she got a new toy. Rat. No, no. Shark. Shark. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bird, massive bird. She's obviously died in the garden because she can't get it. She's one foot. She's she's not got it, but she's found it. So she's got this massive bird in her mouth. Don't know what she's playing around with it. But, and I think, oh, I better go out there and just check. It's not a bit. She spots me, bird straight in her mouth, off, off back of the garden, behind the shed. No fucking way you're getting me. Cut to my wife with her mate on the bench in the garden. Sunny, loving it. They're taking in the sun. Then all I hear is, oh, oh, what's that? Is that a bird? She's walked walked up to them with it in her mouth and dropped it at their feet. Oh, God. Oh, it's a bird. It's a bird. Ben, it's a bird. And then I have to come back out and go, oh, that's so terrible. Where's that from? Pretend I didn't know. And then she looked at me. So that was my Ben's animal encounter. I like it. I like it. So whilst we're on the topic of animal encounters, as you said earlier, Ben, you sometimes feel like you're attracting them to yourself because of this feature. It might be the same for Sofa Cinema Club listeners because people are actually getting in touch now with their animal encounters. Um, We've had it all this week. Um, One of them was Harry Quinn on Twitter who said that he'd been stung by a wasp. So I'm claiming... That if it wasn't for Ben's animal encounters, <laughs> Paul Harry would have never have got stung. <laughs> That's it. So it, people just need to keep messaging us and telling us their stories because I think they're funny. Anyway, we're not here just to talk about animal adventures. We're actually here to talk about films. As one person has said on iTunes, I'm not interested in your lives. Talk more about the films. <laughs> no, we've got the pie. We've got the review pie. I can see some people might want to know about their life. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) So for that man, without further ado, let's talk all things whatever happened to baby Jane. Shepard's on this, I can see. Am I on this? Yeah, I can already see it. You're You're at the starting line. You're ready to go. Synopsis, not easy. Synopsis, follow this film, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, follows the tale of two sisters, um, Jane Hudson and Blanche Hudson. They're both actresses, and they've uh, been on screen pretty much all their lives. Jane Hudson, the young... the Is she younger? Is she older? Younger. She's younger. She's the younger sister. She uh, had fame and fortune when she was very young, and as, they've, as the girls have got older, Blanche's character, played by Joan Crawford, her career seems to have took off to more established roles, um... Basically, they're sisters and they've, they've always been rivals. Uh, they've never really got on and they've um, always been in competition with each other for roles and everything. And what happens at the start of the film is Blanche's career is blossoming and she's got a deal in her contract where if they're going to shoot a movie with her, they have to do a, a budget movie with her sister 
um, baby Jane, Jane Hudson. And at the beginning of the credits, you see that Blanche is in an accident, a car accident, and it looks as though Jane has caused the accident. And then it fasts forward like a couple of decades in time. And there has both of them are has been actresses, and Blanche is now wheelchair bound, and she's left to uh, be look, looked after by her sister Jane, and they live in this house together on Hollywood Boulevard, and they don't get on. It's billed as a horror, which is interesting. Well, they originally wanted Hitchcock to do it. Oh, I could see that he was doing Psycho and trying to get the birds made. Otherwise, he would have done it. It gives you um, psycho vibes, doesn't it, with the house and the stairs? Yeah, it very much That so black does. and white feeling. It was originally going to be in colour as well. And it was Betty Davis who said, no, she wanted it in black and white because it's a depressing and such a sad film that she felt if it was in colour, it'd make everything look pretty, and it shouldn't be. The first scene is the scene where they're still young, isn't it? Mm. And we kind of meet the child star, which is baby Jane Hudson. And what we gather is that she's really successful. Her family and her dad are very supportive of her when she's on stage. And Blanche is kind of just waiting in the wings, kind of a bit of a spare part in her sister's shadow, isn't she? She's a bit spoiled, isn't she? That kind of classic... Which both of you are classic child actors. <laughs> I mean, Jack, you've you've you must have had those days where you've got off set and your mum's gone go and sign autographs and you've got no ice cream. I want <laughs> ice cream. I want ice cream and a doll of myself, please. <laughs> no, I think my mum was the first one that if I was to come off set, she'd go, oh, that was rubbish. What was that? <laughs> yeah, if anyone's going to keep your feet on the ground, it's your mum. Bloody hell. Crikey, yeah. I used to love auditions in London because obviously if you've got an audition in London, day off school, isn't it, as well? So it's like full day thing. And obviously your audition's, what, 10, 15 minutes? Mm. And it's like, right, what else are we doing? So I used to get my mum and dad to take me here, there and everywhere and do little bits. I remember once I had an audition and then me and my dad went to the spy experience. (laughs) And I was like, this is amazing. I love being an actor. I love being an actor. 10 minutes worth. Didn't get the part, but I was like, this is great. I've gone to a spy expedition when I should be at school. What's a spy (laughs) experience? What, invisible writing? Yeah, I remember. That's what I got from the gift shop. (laughs) I remember doing that. And I always remember writing to my brother, you're a knob, invisible ink. And then then he'd fucking do it. And he'd come out like that and start crying. (laughs) 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 I said, that's what spies do. They do that. They'll just say, they'll just say you're a knob. And then you... (laughs) So yeah, baby Jane Hudson's this child star, isn't she? Yeah, and then they have that bit after she comes off. And she's a real brat. And then there's that one moment they really focus on the sister and she's very, very upset and the mum's gone, we've got to do our best to support her. Mm. And you see in her eyes, I actually liked that young girl. Yeah, she was very good. Very good. She went, I won't forget. I won't forget this. So what you see then is the start of their feud, their lifetime feud. Sibling rivalry. So the bit that I guess I kind of struggled with straight away was... Yeah, that line where she's basically saying, I won't forget this. And she's saying, she's acknowledging how much of a brat she is to her and how she treats her. Mm. Why does she then get written in a contract that every job she gets, she's going to have a job? I guess she probably just grows up, doesn't she? And she matures. But also they show that uh, baby Jane Hudson has not been able, isn't very good as an adult. Her films are shit. And I suppose there's no rivalry then because the other sister, Joan Crawford, is so good and so lauded that she's kind of like feeling sorry for her sister, isn't she? And just giving her parts. Mm. And those are actual films of theirs. You know when they show the clips? Yeah, yeah. In the cinema, that's actually Betty Davis when she was younger. She was quite good. So, yeah, I think that... I know what you mean, but I do think it was almost spiteful, Colson. Yeah. It's almost spiteful. The, the other sister goes, well, you are a bit shit, but I'll make sure you get parts based on me. So they're living together, aren't they, in a house? Yeah. Well, there's the car crash, isn't there, just before the credits? Yes, just before the credits. Both working in Hollywood, both living together, and they drive home one night from work, and Blanche goes out to open the gates, 
and she is hit by the car and then next thing we know we skip a few years later and she's in a wheelchair and they're still living together and neither of them are particularly working anymore. Jane is is sort of retained that manic child makeup, hasn't she? Same hair, same dress, but she's like, what, 60? Looks like a doll. Yeah, Yeah. it's like weird. She's not moved on at all and then her sister's just sort of trapped upstairs in a wheelchair getting fed by her. You'd think you'd be downstairs, wouldn't you? My girlfriend said that. I said this to Ben. But then... I don't know what it was like living in the 60s and maybe it was just bedrooms are upstairs and I need to sleep and I need to go to the toilet. I mean, we have to imagine the toilet would have been upstairs as well. Wouldn't have been, there wouldn't have been a downstairs loo. If she lived downstairs, the film wouldn't have worked to the purpose because of the whole phone thing. Well, look, I mean, the phone thing now, the film wouldn't have worked, would it? The old mobile. Yeah. But um, there's still this feud going on and it is odd because they do still live together. And they're still very much so sisters, but they quite clearly hate each other. And then there's a plot, there's a kind of subplot where, like, a carer comes in and you realise that she's going to sell the house. Blanche wants out, doesn't she? And then that's what you see is the accelerator for Jane's really, really bad behaviour. Blanche has made a decision that, you know, enough is enough, really, and she needs to get away from her sister because her sister's getting crazier and crazier and... You know, she probably understands that she's actually leading a restricted life because of her sister. So she has plans to sell the house and she has plans to go and move in with the housekeeper and her cleaner and carer sort of thing. But Jane finds out about these plans and it kind of escalates Jane's levels of insanity and the stuff she does kind of picks up quite quickly, doesn't it? She becomes more and more violent and manipulative. Well, she takes a budgie... Yeah. Says, well, I'll clean the cage and then serves it to her for lunch. Mm. Which is a really... I, I found that a shocking scene when I first saw it. She takes a budgie and it's very much so when she brings the empty cage back, she says the budgie's flown off and you're like, oh, she's killed the budgie. And it takes you a while until she actually reveals the budgie is her dinner, doesn't it? It'd be like another 20 minutes into the film. My great-great-grandma had a budgie. Ben's Animal Encounters. Ben's Animal <laughs> Never shut up. Talk all the way through. You couldn't talk to her. You go to a flat, she lived at the top of a tower block, and you go up and the lift, and you come out, and you could just hear Joey. <laughs> and you'd open the door, and you'd go, <laughs> she talked to her all day. She absolutely loved that, loved him. He was the brightest little thing. He'd go out, he'd fly around, then he'd talk back to her, and you couldn't talk to her because Joey's in. It's like It was like a coffee morning. <laughs> what do you think? It was like they had a chat. Ben, so that's where I've obviously inherited Ben's Animal Encounters. He's always following you around. <laughs> for Joey. Oh. Hopefully she didn't have to eat Joey for lunch. No. So baby Jane Hudson is getting more and more weird. It's manic, isn't it? it she gets manic. She's also a massive alcoholic as well, isn't she? Yeah. She's drinking, yes. like, gin, vodka, everything in the morning, isn't she? Yeah. We've also got these new next-door neighbours, and these new next-door neighbours are quite excited by the prospect of living next door to Blanche Hudson. Because Blanche obviously has this reputation of being a big film actress, and in the time that we meet the characters, they just started to play the films on, like, terrestrial TV. A bit like Sophie Cinema Club Extraterrestrial. We could have had her on. We could have. We could have had her on. And the neighbours are quite excited, but the neighbours notice that they never, ever see Blanche. Mm. And it kind of does raise suspicions, and it kind of raises their interest levels. So I think Baby Jane is starting to realise that she's under a little bit of pressure. The house is for sale, the maid's onto her, the neighbours are onto her. What is she going to do? The daughter of the next-door neighbour is Betty Davis's real daughter. Fun fact, though. Good fact. So, Baby Jane kind of makes this decision somewhere along the lines that the only way out of this is to take her sister out of the equation. Because her sister has the money, she doesn't. If her sister's not there, she gets the money. Mm. So it kind of creates the plot of, as the audience, we all work out, is she actually going to kill her? Yeah, well, she finds out that she's stealing from her, doesn't she? She's been writing checks and practising a signature. You know, that's fully in the process of 
while she's trying to kill her. She's trying to starve her, isn't she, to start with? Yes, yeah. Well, she, she doesn't feed her for like a few days. Yeah, yeah, and she completely makes a decision of it's time to take her out of the equation. So Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, they're not the best of friends, right? No, that's that's the whole backstory of this film. They hated each other in real life. And I've, I've been reading up, actually, and I was trying to get to the bottom of as why they hated each other. So they both took the film hating each other and knowing it was them two. Yes. So they've not fallen out on the job. But also knowing there weren't a lot of parts that came along like that for them at that age. So they still wanted to work. Betty Davis worked a lot. And it's a film that they both recognised could be brilliant. And they do hate each other. So it's kind of a win-win. You don't have to pretend. It started... Uh, the, f- the ongoing feud between the actresses started when they were working together on something and um, she- Betty Davis fell in love with a guy. Joan Crawford swooped in, this is what Betty Davis says, and stole him off her. And, they- and she ended up marrying him. And she never forgave her for that because she says she stole the love of my life and they got married. Fast forward a few years later, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, they're at the Oscars together. Betty Davis is nominated, and she didn't expect to win, and she's wearing some costume dress that she wore for a film. She didn't have anything to wear, and she didn't, frankly, think she was going to win. She did win, and when she stood up, um, the guy who was married to Joan Crawford, who she she was in love with, uh, gave her a kiss on the cheek and said, my God, Betty, you've won, and Joan Crawford just said some snide remark about a dress and said, what a beautiful frock, sort of smirking. And then she had to go up on stage and collect her award. And then there was there was other things that happened when um, Joan Crawford got offered a part in this film and she declined it and turned it down. Betty Davis took the role because Joan Crawford didn't want it and Betty Davis got nominated for an Oscar for it. Oof. And then... A few years later, Betty Davis turned the film down. Joan Crawford took it and won an Oscar. Oh, okay. And then when this film was up for the Oscars, it all got a bit strange as well, didn't it? Who was the lead? Who was the support? Well, Betty Davis agreed to do the film if she was top billing, if it was starring Betty Davis and Joan Crawford second. That was number one. Her name is in the title of the film. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Number two was that the director wasn't sleeping with Joan Crawford. So that's, that's obviously a lot on Joan Crawford. There's a lot gone on there. It gets quite petty, doesn't it? Because the, the best story that like I've found is that Joan Crawford was widowed by the chairman of Pepsi. Yes. Betty Davis got a Coca-Cola machine installed on set. Like yeah. so, the level of pettiness that they went to just yes. to wind each other up and irritate each other. Great for the film, though. Great for the film. Great it really the film. comes across as well. I think in terms of the fact that the characters, they don't just hate each other; they wind each other up and they enjoy doing it. And Betty Davis doesn't try and make herself look good at all. She looks horrendous. Yeah, she doesn't make that character likable in any way which is really quite amazing you know yeah to watch yeah I watched it with my girlfriend and she was saying the same thing it's amazing just to see two actresses bare yeah looking haggard as 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 the character is and just showing everything and revealing everything about themselves yeah it was it was great to watch and the performances on for both actresses were amazing oh yeah amazing in Baby Jane's decision to get rid of her sister to kind of have all of the Hudson fame, she decides that she's going to restart her career, doesn't she? She decides that Baby Jane should do a comeback tour. Mm. And as part of this, she puts an advert in the paper looking for a pianist. And that's where we meet the character of Edwin Flagg. Edwin Flagg, I think is it? so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Edwin Flagg, yeah. And we meet his mother as well, don't we? Who's clearly... Done a lot of work on her accent. <laughs> no, she was Australian. I looked her up. So, because I had to bend, I went, what's going on here? Is this Australian, American or British? Like, all right, so it was sort of all like that. All over the place, isn't it? But she was Australian. 
quite famous trying to do what trying to do Australian or trying to do British no I think trying to do English but she was Australian but again you know two characters that completely have nothing to do with the like I mean main yeah I think that's what's clever about the film is structurally they recognize you're not going to be able to stay in the house with these two characters for the whole film you're gonna need to see a bit of the outside world a bit of normality so they have the neighbors and then they have this guy who visits from the outside world. And it's just enough, isn't it? It's just enough. So Blanche is fully aware that her sister is going insane and is about to put her in danger. She's not getting food. She's not getting fed. She's just not getting cared for whatsoever. She hasn't seen the maid in a few days. She's tried to pass a note to the neighbour that's been intercepted. She knows that stuff isn't going her way. Her sister's also confronted her about the selling of the house and she is just on the back foot completely here. So she decides that she needs to try and get hold of the doctor to get the doctor to ring and come round to sort her sister out, basically. Now, her phone has been disconnected by baby Jane because she doesn't want her in. And earlier in the film, she's stopped the alcohol order, hasn't she? So she decides that she can have no phone. I mean, it's very clever when you realise she does that bit of mimicking her sister. And they use the voice, because that's creepy as hell. It's actually John Crawford's voice. Yeah, she couldn't do the impression, could she? It's brilliant, though. It works really well. Really well. Do you want to explain what happens there? She basically mimics her sister, doesn't she? So she finds out that she's stopped the drinks order, so she can't order any more alcohol. So she phones up the store and pretends to be her sister, and she puts on her sister's voice. And it's that sort of psychotic look in Betty Davis's eyes. And she's known for her massive eyes, isn't she? And when she's got that white makeup on, her blue eyes just look mental. Yeah. It's a massive close-up of her pretending to be sincere and sweet, and it's her sister's voice. And it's it's scary. It is scary to watch. And then what I liked is after she did the, the mimicking, she almost pauses, regathers herself as herself yeah and then goes back on the phone yeah yeah very clever very well performed so once we've met edwin flag for the first time and she's decided that she's got this comeback tour she's got a pianist we do see a bit more of a mental side to her even then don't we when she's you know how you said she keeps her childlike features she performs letters to daddy exactly the same as she would as a creepy nine-year-old girl with the doll and it's shit and she thinks it's good Basically, her deciding that she's going to relaunch her career gives Blanche a little bit of an opportunity because it's obviously the first time in years that she's been going out of the house. It was that scene, I think, well, not just I think, what I've read what most people think got her the nod for the Academy Award nomination, that scene when she's doing the song and the dance. And when she steps forward right at the end, you see what the director's done with the lighting and it's that horrific lighting above her head that comes down so you just see all the cracks in the makeup yeah you see how frail and how you know disheveled she looks and she sees herself for what she is in the mirror and she just puts her hands over her face and sort of breaks down and after she finished that scene recording that uh, scene the director went up to and he went in that scene you've just been nominated for an academy award a hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. And of course she was. She was nominated for Best Actress for that film and Joan Crawford wasn't. Wow. So that's going to add more fuel to the fire. Yeah. And then the Oscars was a whole different kettle of fish. What happened there? I mean, it was a, it was a whole soap opera in itself. Basically, the night of the Oscars, Betty Davis is tipped to win the Academy Award. And if she won it, she would have been the only actress to win three Best Actress Oscars. No one's ever done it before. She had two. Joan Crawford had one, and she was going for the third, and no one had ever done it before. And Joan Crawford publicly campaigned so that she wouldn't win the Oscar. So she made sure the people who were voting for the Academy, she spoke to them to not to vote for her. She slammed her name all over the press. She turned up at the Oscars and everybody else that was nominated that night against Betty Davis were unable to attend. And because they were all unable to attend, Joan Crawford said that she would accept the award 
of any of the other nominees on their behalf. And Anne Bancroft won it. Betty Davis is in the wings. Joan Crawford in the other wing. And the winner is Anne Bancroft. Joan Crawford walks on stage, gloating, and accepts the award for Best Actress. Can you imagine seeing that? You'd be like, oh, God. Cringe. But it's amazing the level that people will go to. It's a bit like you and Danny Dyer. It's exactly like me and Danny Dyer. (laughs) (laughs) In the wings at the Soap Awards. (laughs) Who's it going to be? It's going to be one of us. And it's Danny Dyer again. (laughs) The the big scene for me, or Joan Crawford's big scene, is when she makes a decision to walk down the stairs. Yeah. You know, she she gets out of the wheelchair and she knows that that phone is her lifeline. That's her one shot at kind of getting out of here alive. She's not being fed. Her sister clearly wants to kill her. So what's she going to do? So she gets to the phone to ring the doctor. And to get to the phone, she's got to come out of the wheelchair, crawl down the stairs. And it feels very much so like she's never going to get away with it, does it? Because the way it's shot is, as she's on the phone, you know, baby Jane's coming back. And eventually it reveals that really good two shot, doesn't it? Of her in the background and her on the phone. She looks evil. She looks like she's going to kill her there and then. And she does, you know, she beats her up, doesn't she? You'd shit yourself. You'd go, oh! <laughs> what are you doing? You go, oh! And then she looks absolutely scared and sort of goes, oh, I don't, we don't need you now. We don't need you because the doctor's on his way. And then she takes the phone, doesn't she? And it's, it's, it's the mimic again. And that's kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back, isn't it? She gets tied up in her bedroom from now on. I found the tying up bit really shocking. Is this when she kicks her around? Yeah, she beats her up, carries her up the stairs. For that scene, when she kicks her around, Joan Crawford asked for a stunt double because she didn't trust Betty Davis to not actually hit her. So she had a stunt double, except for one scene which was a close-up, and they couldn't have a stunt double for because obviously they'd be able to tell. So there's one scene when it is Joan Crawford, and you see Betty Davis, and she slaps her right around the head. And she actually did. It's rumoured that she had to have stitches, but it's not been confirmed. They really didn't like each other. Like, that's madness. But what a great film to do, though. And on set, I guess they weren't having any conversations with each other whatsoever, were they? Oh, God, no. But perfect for the film. So as she's tied up, we get another visit from the housekeeper, the maid, don't we? And in the driveway, Betty Davis says, Look, we can't afford you. We don't want you anymore. You're sacked. Mm-hmm. And it's that bit of when I was watching it with Ben, I was like, you go in the house, go in the house, go in the house, go in the house. And she doesn't. She walks off. She walks to the bus stop. And then it's that good, like quite clever moment, isn't it, where the bus pulls up. And you know that shot took bloody ages. Yeah. With the car coming past with um, Betty Davis in it and then the bus coming and revealing her. And she goes and she ends up finding... Um, Blanche tied up um, and very frail and can hardly talk. And then the next thing we know, the old hammer on the back of the head. Which is a bit psycho, isn't it? That is the horror part. This bit sort of frustrated my girlfriend a bit, this bit. Because she was like, why don't she run? Why ain't she, why ain't she more eager? I mean, I even, said when this she's, to ben. even when she's got in the hammer and she's getting the hammer off the, the hinges... She's doing it really slowly. But when she walks in the kitchen, Jack, she's not like, Blanche, Blanche, where are you? She's I'm, like... Yeah, but she doesn't She doesn't fully know, does she? She knows something fucking weird Yeah, but on. she doesn't know what we know. She doesn't know she's tied upstairs and she's had the shit kicked out of her. She doesn't know that. She goes upstairs and then she's like... She's like, yeah, but she, she should be shouting and whatnot. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But she, she doesn't know what we know. And she also can't see her arriving in the driveway. We can. So we're shouting at her to hurry up and get a move on. But she doesn't, you know, you have to sort of like just accept that she ain't got a clue. Well, she doesn't hurry up and get a move on at all. She gets a hammer to the back of the head and she dies. Yeah. Baby Jane has killed someone. Well, that's the Rubicon that changes, isn't it? That's the line. Yeah. You're now a killer. And it shows Blanche that she, she's she got it in her sort of thing. And, she, you know, she's... She's going to go through it. And there's so many times towards the end where the neighbours nearly catch her and, you know, various bits happen. Even 
Edwin flag, like, you know, he comes close to catching it and they end up falling out, don't they? Because she stands him up for a meal or a date. Because baby Jane thinks it's a date, doesn't she? She's levered, isn't she? Yeah. And she hasn't got the money. He's levered. He goes back to the house levered because he hasn't yeah. got the money off of the $500. So he, he comes round for his money and he comes round with the police, isn't he? Because he's been kicked off the driveway. And it's that moment where... When she sees the police, she kind of thinks, oh, this is the end, and then it reveals Edwin and kind of makes it all feel safe. Edwin comes into the house. They're obviously going to have a drink together. She says she's got the money for him, chit-chit-chat, but because they're both very, very drunk, Edwin hears noises, and he goes to inspect them, doesn't he? And Edwin finds Blanche Hudson tied up and it kind of breaks baby Jane's heart doesn't it to know that he's he's, he's witnessed he's it, seen, seen this. it yeah. and because Edwin isn't a small woman he's a very large man Yeah, he can get away, he's stronger so he runs he runs and he obviously runs to find someone to tell them doesn't he but in this time that he's running away it gives baby Jane the opportunity to be able to go and flee so she she gets Blanche she gets her in the car and she says oh we're, we're going for a day out and this is like two three in the morning isn't it I loved this this ending this this sort of I thought it's so clever she goes full circle and goes to, to being a child and she takes her sister to the beach it's next to the director's beach house that's why I filmed it there and it's perfect in a way because if there's a woman lying down, asleep, almost unconscious, you just can think she's sunbathing. To everybody else walking past, she's just sunbathing. And then my girlfriend went, I'd be able to tell. <laughs> I'd be able to tell. No, I'd be able to tell she's dehydrated. I've, I've seen people like this before. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, this is bollocks. This is, look, come on. If there's a woman lying down, eyes shut, on the beach, she's asleep. She's not dead. You're not going to ring the ambulance, are you? No, you're just going to walk past. Of course you are. The bit that threw me at this point is when she's dehydrated and she's building sandcastles. Yeah. Is her intention still to kill her? No, they've, she's regressed. Yeah. Yeah, she is, isn't she? She yeah. wants it back to what they were. Yeah. Yeah. She wants it to go back to them being kids and all of the nastiness to have stopped. Yeah. When does she reveal the big secret? So they spot the car, don't they? The police spot the car. Who are at the ice cream store. Yes. They know that, okay, so she's here somewhere. They start to look. There's some commotion going on down the beach. People on the beach spot Baby Jane acting weird, looking weirder. The police follow the noise, see what's going on, and they're like, where's your sister, where's your sister? Oh, and she treats it like it's a show, doesn't That's she? That's what I love. Yeah, but before that, go on. the sister has told her about the car crash. Yes, she has. That's the bit which is an amazing piece of writing, is that the whole basis of their feud is based on when we see the opening of the film, we think uh, Joan Crawford was run over, and it wasn't like that. Joan Crawford says, look, you were drunk. You didn't know what you were doing. I went to run you over. I missed. Yeah. I drove into the wall. That's what injured me. Yeah. I dragged myself into the house and blamed it on you because you were drunk. And that's the moment where you see everything she's based her hate on disintegrate. Mm. It's really sad. Really very, very good bit of writing. They're both just as tortured and both just as bad as each other. Yeah. Then she decides to get an ice cream thinking they've both it's almost the scales of evil isn't it they've both done something bad to each other and actually does this kind of even it out so she goes to get an ice cream which she doesn't pay for and they go back to being children mm. and then there is that moment where she's the crowd come round her on the beach and she treats it like an audience back when she was a child yeah which i think is an absolutely fantastic ending to the film absolutely fantastic both broken which is a perfect end to the review so let's just take a quick break and we will come back with our ratings. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, ratings. Ben? Uh, ten. Fucking hellfire. I knew it'd go ten. Wow. I think it's a brilliant performance from two fantastic actresses. I think the script is complex and has a lot of depth. It's a film that blew me away when I first saw it. I think it stands up now, Mm. 60, 70 years later. Both performances are amazing. It has so much complexity. It has the sibling rivalry. It has a horror element. It has the disintegration of your life and what you were and... I just think it's a very, it seems very simplistic. I think Betty Davis's portrayal of that character is extraordinary. I mean, she's just gone guns. She's not left any stone unturned. She's made herself look terrible, drunk, evil. She's just pursued that character right to the end. They both have. I'm going to go 9.2. Wow, these are big, by the way. These are these are big. Um, I've, I think it's in the nines for me. It's, it's not... 100% 10 um, but I think yeah 60 years old and it does still stand up apart from a mobile phone that all that could happen do you know what I mean and it is a film based on two performers for all of it if they're rubbish you'd never talk about this film no but they're so brilliant yeah 9.9.2 did you say Jack? 9.2 yeah 2 for each lead <laughs> I'm Shocked that you've both have gone that big, you know. What were you going to do? I don't, I, do you know what? I hadn't quite decided, Jack, because I did like it, but I, obviously you two have obviously got something else completely out of it that I haven't, and I can't quite put my finger on what that is that I haven't got out of it. I think it's the complexity of creating a piece and performance like that is what I appreciate. For me, the be- the best things were the scenes between the two of them, and the twist. And the fact it holds that twist so well, I I would have never ever in a million years guessed at that. Like, I, I, you wouldn't have. And the way it kind of felt like it evened out the entire film, like that I, I did like. But in terms of my rating, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I was going to go and Obviously, now it's going to be a bit higher because of what you two have said. It doesn't have to be. No, but, but I don't. I don't. I don't know what I was going to go. Like I, I, I did like it, but I, I, I wasn't in love with it, and I'm not rushing back to watch it. <laughs> Just between one and ten, that's all we need. <laughs> and do you know what I'm going to say? Which I think you'll both hate. I'd love to see like a remake of it because I think it's a really good story. Yes, I like them too. I think they were very good. Well, why were we remaking it then? Because I just feel like it. I didn't. You get just want it in colour. No, I just didn't get something out of it that you two did. There's no music in it. I realised that. There's no singing. There is, there singing. is singing. There is singing. Not a big enough number. Not a number on a golf course. <laughs> There's no golf course with E. Dampan. <laughs> There's no Zac Efron. Remade with Zac Efron <laughs> and... Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. It would work really well. What didn't you get out of it? What Did you just watch it and go, eh... No, I said to. I think I turned around to Ben and said, "Yeah, it, it is good, but again, it's just like good. It's their acting, but stuff has blown me away. Like Goodfellas blew me away. Old Boy blew me away. Yeah, but this is you're going to have to do a bit more work on this film. Yeah, that's the whole point. They're not going to give you a load of action. They're not going to give you a load of music. It's almost a pure 
acting masterclass. Acting masterclass, that's yeah. what it is. But that's what's so brilliant about it. For me, and Jack, yeah. maybe. And it's not for you. That's okay. That's the whole point of the podcast. I'll go, I'll go eight. That's a cop-out, that. So that's 27.2. There we go. Jack's hidden gem. Oh, better sing it. Ready? One, two, three. Jack's, Jack's hidden, hidden gem of the, the week. week. That's, good. that's good, that one. Yeah. Hidden gem this week. I'm sticking on the theme of whatever happened to Baby Jane. And it's actually... There's a drama series available. Some of you might know. Some of you might have seen. Brilliant series all about the feud between Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. And it's called Feud. Look it up. It's on Disney Plus. Is that right, boys? Yep. And it's... Susan Saradon is Betty Davis and Jessica Lang is Joan Crawford. I like Jessica Lang. Yeah. You've also got Catherine Zeta-Jones as the maid. Uh, Stanley Tucci is Jack Warner, who's the producer uh, in the Joan Crawford's films. Is that um, Devil Wears Prada? It is Devil Wears Prada. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's a really, really, really good series. I think it's about eight episodes. And it's the whole thing of their feud. Everything that I've talked about on the podcast from when they were young, the Oscars ceremony to the campaign John Crawford went on. And also something I've not touched in this podcast. You know the scene when she's dragging Joan Crawford? Yeah. Joan Crawford put loads of weights. She had like a weight belt and rocks in her pocket so that she would be heavy because she knew Betty Davis had a bad back and it would put put her back out, carrying her and dragging her. <laughs> It's almost like a little movie in itself. You'd have it to is. Just... It's a movie in itself, and it's available to watch on Disney+. Plus. There we go! <laughs> Linkage. Link back over the net, Linkage. So, yeah. Um, Feud, starring Susan Saradon and Jessica Lang, is available on Disney+. Plus. Next week, it is our audience's turn to pick what we're watching. So, as always, we have a semi-final that leads into a final. So the four films that were selected at random this week were Heat versus Donnie Darko mm. and Molly's Game versus Marathon Man. So, semi-final number one, Heat versus Donnie Darko was our closest ever semi-final. Really? Interesting. Heat won with 51%. Oh, wow. Ooh. Hello. Donnie Darko coming second with 49, and there was only 21 votes between them. Wow. Semi-final two, we've got Molly's Game versus Marathon Man. Molly's Game with 55%. Still still close. Still close. Marathon Man. Yeah, there was a bit more in that, about 150 votes in that. But um, So it means the final is Heat versus Molly's Game. And the winner... Is Heat. Heat, Michael Mann. Never seen it, never heard of it. Very it's good. Two Hollywood greats, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, on screen for the first time. Okay. Together. Interesting. Well, that's what we're watching next week. Remember, you can join us on Monday for our episode of Sofa Cinema Club Extraterrestrial, where we tell you what is available to watch on terrestrial TV at home. And we also hear from you guys at home in the feature that is Ben's Reviews. So make sure you have left us a review on iTunes. Go there now, drop us five stars, leave us a comment about what you thought of the podcast. And be honest, if you didn't like it, let us know. Still give obviously five stars and then say it's shit, that's yes. fine. And a strong emoji game please, because I do enjoy reading those out. The other thing that we like to hear is we like to hear about your trips to the cinema. We like to hear about your animal encounters and all of that. Whilst we're speaking of trips to the cinema, remember that on this episode, you can win a trip to the cinema. You have to check out our Instagram for all the details of that. But you can win a trip to the cinema on us. Keep in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram at Sofa Cinema Club. And we will be back here next Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Week where we're talking all things heat. Until then, good night, God bless. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night. 